Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Yuma, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, where we look to give you tips and strategies to help you land the next great job. And we do that by enlisting some expert guests. Now, today we are talking about the resume and how you can possibly turn that entry-level type resume into one that gives at least the appearance of some more experience. That way you can give yourself a better chance of landing that job, as we've talked about. We are enlisting a guest we've had on the show before. She's given us some great insight in the past. Her name is Jessica Holbrook-Hernandez, and she's the president and CEO of Great Resumes Fast. Jessica, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Now, the first question that often comes up for a lot of people when it comes to the resume is when they sit down to create this or adjust this document, what really should their goal be exactly? Well, I think most people's goal with a resume is ultimately to get the interview. And how they do that is by taking their experience and writing it in a way that communicates to the employer that they're the perfect fit for the job. By positioning yourself as the ideal candidate, there's very little reason the employer should not choose to interview you. Now, you did bring up the uh, the term experience there, and that's what we're looking at, giving those entry-level workers the look of a more experienced resume. Why is that so important, especially moving forward in your career? Great. Well, if you've ever heard the expression, dress for the position you want, not the position you have, it's a very similar concept on your resume. If you're trying to move past the entry-level positions into a more professional or mid-career level role, you need to dress your resume for that type of position. When we're talking about that entry level and and moving to the position you want, what are some of the key differences between the two resumes that might stand out if you don't make some of these these adjustments that we're going to talk about in a little bit? Sure. The major thing that you're going to see as a difference between an entry level and a professional mid-career resume, first is the design of the resume. A lot of times, entry level workers are using templates that they've seen on the internet that thousands of other people are using. They have an objective at the Mm. top of their resume, or they don't have anything at the top other than their education. They just start right off with their degree and then into their work experience. So there's no summary. I think a lot of them feel like they don't really have a career yet, so they don't need to put a career summary at the top. But that's, you know, that's not true. And professional and mid-career resumes, you usually see a job title at the top, a great career summary following a keyword section, and then it gets into the work experience, the career history part of it. Great. Well, I think that's a great place for us to start. And then now we can sort of give listeners some tangible items that they can work with, uh, give them at least uh, the ideas to help them uh, facilitate some of this adjustment, I guess, to their document. What would you say is the first area then that they really need to focus on? And and what would the purpose of that area be? Sure. The first thing you want to do when you're trying to transition your entry-level resume into one that's more of a professional mid-career is to add a job target or title at the top of your resume. That could be as simple as the name of the position that you want, or you could even use an entire line and make it a really great, strong branding statement. So as far as a purpose goes, is that just to set up the rest of the, the resume? Is that to do something else? What do, you, uh, what do you normally say with that? Well, the idea behind that is it cements in the employer's mind the connection between you and the position that you're applying to. Okay. By putting that job target title at the top, the employer automatically sees that there's a connection between you and that position and it catches their attention and then they keep reading. And that's ultimately the goal. Sure. Would you be able to give us a, a quick example of that for uh, for the listeners? Sure. Um, one that we recently did for an entry-level candidate and that I've heard about previously, a simple job target title would be account manager or award-winning account manager. Okay. That would be the example of something simple. Now, if you went with like a one-line branding statement for someone who's just recently graduating and wants to move into more of a professional role, you could say something like, 
Ivy League honors graduate looking to bring fresh, captivating ideas to ABC Corporation public relations specialist position. Hmm. So you're mentioning the position and you're giving them a little bit about your background, but it's not written as an objective. Right, right. No, that's nice. And again, we always appreciate those examples. It gives a gives the listeners something to sort of hold on to and at least work off a little bit. Now, as we jump into the body of the resume, what types of words can really help that entry-level resume take a step up to the next, uh, to that experience level? Sure. Some of the things that are really important are using industry-specific keywords, very relevant to the position that you're looking for. You can find these in the job position announcement, normally wherever it's listed on the company website or the job board. A lot of times you'll know just because you're doing it day in and day out or you learned about it in your classes in college. So choose those keywords that are very specific to the position that you want. The other thing is you want to make sure that you're using action verbs when you start off your bullet points. Things that communicate that you've actually done something like oversee, managed, created. Those are things that actually tell the hiring manager that you're actively doing something or that you actively contributed as opposed to responsible for or knowledgeable in. That doesn't really communicate that you've taken action and that you've done something. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a danger of going, you know, quote unquote, too far with some of the jargon that maybe it's going to sound forced or you're trying too hard? Do you put that out as a warning at all for individuals? I think as long as you're being honest and truthful to your background and your experience, there's not a danger of that. I think when you start to stretch the truth and you start to exaggerate your experience, that's where you're going to run into issues. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What, uh, what about another useful uh, item or, or area that you can include if you want that appearance, again, of looking at that more veteran resume, something that's beyond the, uh, the entry level? What other items can you include? Sure. Here's something really great that you never see on entry-level resumes. You never see testimonials, awards, and recognition. Testimonials could be from part-time jobs that you've had, an employer that said something great about your experience. It could be on a review, a performance review that you've had. Even Mm -hmm. if it was a part-time job they held while they were in college, any kind of positive feedback from an employer can be used as a testimonial on their resume or their cover letter. Awards they received, recognition that they've had, first and foremost, with a previous employer. But if not, if that's not the case, then that they received in college from a professor. Okay. You touched a little bit on who might, uh, you know, where you might get those testimonials from. And this is a question that came up sort of among my colleagues as well is, is this something that is utilized a lot now with testimonials? Is it, was it sort of a fad? Because I kind of saw it and then it feels like I don't see any articles on it as much. I mean, where do you lie with the use of testimonials and, and how much employers actually I don't know, appreciate them because essentially you're just putting down that, you know, hey, trust me, this person said it about me. Great. No, I totally understand that. Okay. So I think testimonials is one of those things where people are a little leery because it's not a practice that you see used all the time. Okay. There's a couple of different places that you can use them. You can put it in your resume. We normally do it in the first third of the resume in the accomplishment section. And the thing with testimonials is it has to be extremely relevant to the position. Mm -hmm. It has to speak to what that person can do for the organization. So it has to be powerful. It can't just be Josh is a great guy. (laughs) You know, that's not really going to do a whole lot for them. We use it a lot of times in cover letters. We'll quote a previous employer in a cover letter. But something else too is that getting recommendations on LinkedIn and pointing the employer towards your LinkedIn profile, those are backed up supported testimonials about who you are and what you offer the employer that are easily verifiable. And you could just quote that in your resume or your cover letter and that you reference them back to the LinkedIn profile to see that. So I think that it could be very powerful 
but when used appropriately. Sure. And I like the idea of, um, you know, utilizing the verification ability, if you will, on LinkedIn, if you have that recommendation, as you said, I think that's a nice tip for our listeners out there. In regards to the awards, you know, again, you did mention briefly, it might be something from school. Uh, if you are that still early in your career, it might've been something from a previous employer. How exactly do you frame that as far as the awards? Do you just lay it out on the resume? Do you go into detail with it at all? Uh, how does that work in terms of how you would include those? Great. Well, a lot of that depends on what the award is. So if the award is relevant to the type of opportunity or position that the person is pursuing. We want to call that out immediately. Mm -hmm. That means you could put it in the job target title, like I mentioned earlier, award-winning account manager. You could also include it in the top third portion of the resume where you're highlighting your accomplishments and your successes. What we normally do for candidates when it's not relevant, but we still want to make mention of it because it shows that you are successful at what you do. Right. We put it at the end near the education and we'll put like an award section at the end of the education portion of the resume so that it's still on there and the employer sees, hey, this is what you've done. This is great. Even though it's not specifically relevant to the position, it's still worth noting. Sure. I guess with recognition, is that can that be just more of a, a general thing? Is that just sort of all encompassing with awards and, uh, and the testimonials or is that a separate piece? I guess fill us in a little bit on how that fits in with the rest of what we're talking about. Sure. I think recognition is often overlooked. Okay. Um, we use it a lot when we're writing resumes, when we're talking to someone about their personal brand. What are you known for? What do you, mm. When you get feedback from your employer, what are the positive comments that they're saying? A lot of times, you know, our clients are recognized for their amazing leadership abilities and they're rapidly promoted. That's a recognition and okay. that's something that you want to call out on your resume. Recognition can be that you're recognized as the go-to person for solving problems within the company. And so a lot of times they come to you for resolution on an issue that they're having and you're recognized as that go-to person. So there's a lot of different things that that can be. Candidates need to think about what they're known for or what employers compliment them on or positive feedback they're getting in their reviews or in one-on-one -on -one sessions with their bosses. Think about things like that. Any positive feedback, that's things that you're recognized for, and that can be incorporated into your resume. And again, some great useful tips there for our listeners. And as you said, something that a lot of times we might overlook. I think you've given us a lot of, uh, of insight into what we can include in our resume. And um, again, for those that are looking to take that entry-level resume to the next step, have it uh, be a little more experienced on paper. Are there any final messages, any uh, last tips you'd like to leave our listeners with, especially those job seekers who are looking to make that, uh, that change, that makeover to their resume? Absolutely. I would say don't underestimate yourself. A lot of times entry-level candidates think, I don't have the experience or I don't know what to say or I don't have enough information for a career summary. And that's not true. If you have any kind of work experience at all, even if it's volunteer experience, it's relevant. Use that information and write it in a professional way. Write it in a way that communicates that you can add value to the employer. Don't just throw up some haphazard objective at the top of your resume that says, you know, you want to contribute to the growth of an organization because that's really not relevant. So be very specific and offer up that experience that you have and don't underestimate it. There you go. With that, we will wrap it up here on Job Search Guide. Again, we've been talking about turning that entry-level resume into a more experienced one. And to do that, we've been speaking with Jessica Holbrook-Hernandez. She's the president and CEO of Great Resumes Fast. Jessica, thank you once again for coming on, sharing your perspective with us. We do appreciate it. Thank you. 
And as always, if you're looking to get in touch with us, give us some feedback, maybe suggestions for a future show, go ahead and send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. You can use hashtag LJNRadio as well to join in that conversation. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.